Good morning from the newsroom of the Financial Times. Today is Wednesday, August 7th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Disney's blockbusters aren't enough to push it past quarterly earnings estimates. Facebook sues two Asian app developers for advertising fraud, and a rise in Tinder subscriptions inspires a hot outlook for Match Group. Plus, the FT's U.S. economics editor, Brendan Greeley, explains why the Trump administration can't do more to weaken the dollar. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Disney has had the biggest year at the box office for any film studio in history. But it wasn't enough to power it to an earnings beat. On Tuesday, Disney announced that it had made adjusted earnings of $1.35 a share on sales of $20.25 billion in the three months ending in June. It was well below Wall Street forecasts. Net income was $1.8 billion, down from $2.9 billion in the same quarter last year. Expectations were sky high. And why wouldn't they be? This year, Disney released several hits, including Toy Story 4, Captain Marvel, and the live-action Aladdin remake. Never mind Avengers Endgame, which set a record as the first film to make a billion dollars at its opening. But the company's total costs climbed by more than half from the same time last year. That includes costs from the big bet on streaming, Disney+, which it hopes will rival Netflix. Earnings were also weighed down by disappointing attendance at its theme parks and lower-than-expected performance with Fox's film unit. Disney acquired the Fox movie business last year. Shares in Disney dropped as much as 4% in after-hours trading. Facebook is cracking down on abuse of its platform, a problem that's hurting its biggest clients. On Tuesday, the social media company filed a lawsuit against two Asian developers for advertising fraud. The suit, which Facebook says is the first of its kind, is against Hong Kong's LionMobi and Singapore's JediMobi for what Facebook is calling click injection fraud. Facebook accuses the developers of creating apps in Google's Play Store that infected users' phones with malware. That malware would then create fake clicks on mobile ads on Facebook. The company says that accounts for both developers have been disabled. It added that any advertisers who were charged for the fake clicks were refunded this March. And investors are swiping right on shares in the match group. The stock of Tinder's parent company was up as much as 19% in after-hours trading on Tuesday to almost $88 apiece. That's after Match posted second quarter results ahead of forecasts and raised its outlook for the full year. Much of this performance is expected to come from growth at Tinder, the popular dating app. Match said Tinder added half a million subscribers in the most recent quarter. It brought the average subscriber figure in the quarter to more than 5 million. And here's a closer look at a story we're following. On Tuesday, U.S. President Donald Trump and his aides downplayed concerns about the trade war with China. On Monday, he and the U.S. Treasury labeled the country a currency manipulator trying to get an unfair trade advantage. That largely symbolic classification came after China's central bank let its currency weaken to under a key level, which sent U.S. stocks spiraling to their worst day of 2019. It also brought to light America's strong dollar policy. 
The FT's U.S. economics editor, Brendan Greeley, explains. China actually was a currency manipulator for a very long time, the entirety of the early 2000s. And in fact, the Bush and Obama administrations thought about labeling China a currency manipulator, um, but mostly the juice wasn't worth the squeeze. They weren't sure what they could do about it. And at the time, it really seemed like everybody was making money and everything was working out just fine. Now, China has a different problem, which is that it's liberalizing its financial markets, or it's trying to. It's becoming a more service-driven economy or a slightly more service-driven economy. It's trying to figure out how to get out the trap of these state finance industries. And other Asian economies around it are, are actually becoming cheaper places to manufacture. And so accordingly, the value of the yuan is going down. And to avoid capital flight out of China, the Chinese government has actually been propping the yuan up. When we're looking at this sort of tit-for-tat strategy over the last five days, this was another step. The act of labeling somebody or a country a currency manipulator is now and has always been kind of toothless. All it really says is that the U.S. is going to work with the IMF and with the offending country to do something about it. There are no specific steps. The problem is the U.S. doesn't really have a lot of good options. So something to keep in mind about the possibility of lowering the value of the dollar against the yuan or any other currency is that it's not just the White House right now that wants to do it. Uh, Chuck Schumer also said right before they did it that Treasury should label China a currency manipulator. The problem for Schumer and the White House and anybody else who wants to control the value of the dollar is that it's very hard to do and there aren't very many good options. And the reason is the challenge with the dollar is that it's not just expensive against the yuan or it wasn't just expensive against the yuan. It's expensive against a whole, basically all the countries in the world. Not all of them, but most of them. And what this means is that dollars are incredibly attractive and have always been. And then the other thing that's going on right now, which is an even bigger challenge, is that there's been a divergence in the way the Federal Reserve is uh, carrying out policy and the way other major central banks are carrying out their policies. Since about 2014, 2015, there's been this divergence in monetary policy. The Fed was in a hiking cycle. Uh, the European Central Bank and the Bank of Japan were both easing. And so it became relatively even more attractive to have investments in U.S. assets. So that's one more reason why the dollar was attractive. And you can see this in the data. So now, if you want to do something about the value of the dollar, you can't just do something about the value of the dollar relative to the yuan. You have to do something to dollar strength in general. So for 20 years, the U.S. has followed what it calls a strong dollar policy. And what that actually means is the U.S. has kind of recognized it can't do anything about the strength of the dollar, so it stopped pretending that it could. And so now, you know, as part of a measure of the trade war and as part of democratic politics and Republican politics, we've decided that we're going to do something about the value of the dollar. That's not necessarily a terrible idea. Uh, U.S. manufacturing does suffer because of the elevated value of the dollar. The problem is to do something about the dollar, now you've got to get the Federal Reserve on board, which seems unlikely. You've got to get the other central banks on board, which seems shockingly even less likely. And so if you can't do either of those two things, and there's not much indication that any White House can do either of those two things, then there's not much you can do other than exactly what it is the White House did, which was declare China a currency manipulator as sort of another step in a rhetorical war. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Hi, this is Lila Raptopoulos. I'm the co-host of a new podcast from the Financial Times called Culture Call. 
from the 13th of August, we're going to be dropping into your podcast feeds every other Tuesday, bringing you encounters with those who are shifting culture around the world. We'll have lively discussions on how the social changes we're seeing are depicted in books, art, music, on screen, and online. And we'll give you a glimpse behind the scenes of the best of the FT's life and arts journalism. You can find the podcast in all the usual places, like Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and Acast, when Culture Call drops on Tuesday, August 13th. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.